That poor fucking guy. Fuck him and his alligator tears. Boy, this kid's in a hospital. A little fucking sympathy, huh? That gives him a pass? I don't care if he's got a hundred kids in the ICU with arrows in their heads. He's a piece of shit. You know it, and I know it. Who got you those no-show jobs? And not a word of gratitude. He's a saint. You forget the thousand incidents with that guy? Did we forget the thousand incidents with Ralphie? Because, uh... The horses have come home to roost. Welcome to Cut to Black, a Sopranos sit-down. I'm Jim Scampoli. I've seen every episode of The Sopranos. I'm Jacob Burrows, and what the fuck? What the fuck, Jim? Oh, my God. What the? Who made this? Well, this episode, titled Whoever Did This, written by Robin Green and Mitchell Burgess, the married powerhouse that uh, has been Sopranos mainstays. Uh, we've heard their names before. We'll hear them again. Uh, directed by Tim Van Patten. Uh, this episode aired November 10th, 2002. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so, so many thoughts. But <laughs> first is, remember when you were like, earlier this season, you were like, Pyomai. And I was like, huh? What? The horse? <laughs> yeah. And you were like, yeah. And now I see. Now I see why no one would ever forget this fucking horse, man. Uh, so many thoughts. Uh, so many thoughts. But first off, one of my favorite episodes of The Sopranos so far. This is it. Really good, right? Um, actually, and you just reminded me, there is... I almost told you about this, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I can't tell you about this yet. But uh, on The Sopranos Club, it's a good Twitter follow, by the way, at The Sopranos Club, they've been retweeting... There's like a, there's a Twitter account for Pyomai. Pyomai, the, the horse from <laughs> the show, is still alive. And you can actually go oh. visit Pyomai. It's like Pyomai Lives or something like that. And that's why I was like, oh, oh yeah, nice. I, I can't send him that Twitter because then it kind of... <laughs> uh, actually, let me pull it up real quick. Uh, yeah, Pyomai is alive. At Pyomai is alive on Twitter. Uh, they they do... you can I guess you could set up reservations you can go visit Pyomai maybe Pyomai comes up to you where you could you know pet her like Tony does I imagine so just uh, just so you wow. feel a little bit better that's so much more wholesome than what I imagined <laughs> when you said there was a Pyomai Twitter I thought it would be just like oh what smells like smoke like what smells like bacon <laughs> yeah. like that would be it like yeah. uh, so so that's nice that's actually pretty nice um yeah, so like I said, one of my favorite episodes, and not because Ralphie died. I know I've been a major, like, kill Ralphie, you know, spokesperson. Uh, but, but, you know, I've preemptively wanted to kill anyone who seems like they might turn on our man Tony. Um, but that's obviously not why I love this episode. If I had to sum it up, why I loved it, apart from the fact that it's brilliantly put together, uh, it's that they make me like Ralphie just in time. Yeah, it's such a great way of doing it. Not, and and like we'll go through the whole episode, but I know his son gets an arrow in the chest and all, and that's all fine. But my first note on the episode was that he ma when he makes that crank call, I was like, oh, they made me love Ralphie. <laughs> like, they put that in this episode. And I yeah. think that's actually a vital part of it because it's so funny. And it's such like such a great way of doing it without making it obvious that, guess what? you're gonna He's going to die now. Like, of course, he's not going to die back when you hate him. He's going to die now that you like him, Jacob. Yes, and also because it, it is kind of a common, almost obvious thing to do when a character's on their way out, that's where you want to kind of milk all the yeah. sympathy or, yeah, the likability. But it doesn't come off as obvious here. Uh, no. I guess it's because 
yeah, you know, it's been over a season since we were like, ah, g- give me Ralphie's head. And a lot of people do point out that there was even like Johnny Sack has a line earlier in this season, I think, when he's like, uh, you know, I should have let Tony take your head uh, a year ago or whatever it is. So, you know, yeah. little hints there. Um, but yeah, it doesn't come off as like other shows can do this. And you're like, oh, no, why? Why are they doing this with this character? I feel like they're on their way out. But it doesn't feel like that through this one, because uh, I guess because Sopranos is has already been so um, I, I don't know if I say masterful, but like they kind of like to play with the anticlimax. So I guess you just get lulled into that, and especially season four, uh, which I think is kind of regarded as like a little weird of a season, especially like when it aired live because there had been such a long break between season three and season four, and it felt like the show was different. Uh, yeah. But they do lull you in this weird sense of like, okay, you know, this is what we do now. And then all of a sudden uh, they're fighting over the eggs and things really get amped up. Uh, I do want to call out that we did get an email from Spencer about this episode. I, I'll just say we'll read it at the end, though, after we go through the beats because he kind of goes through it as well. Yeah. Uh, but Sounds yeah. Good. And if you want to message us about yeah. your favorite episode or this one or any upcoming one, that's shows what you know show at gmail.com. Of course, you could also leave your comments in a review on iTunes and we'll read those out as well. Um, but yes, I, I, I think you're right about the lull or about lulling us into a false sense of security. I did skim through some review of this episode that pointed out that like the biggest fight in this season up to this point is already in some French guy we never see again. <laughs> like that's yeah. the biggest fight we've seen. Otherwise it's just been cutting around any potential violence. Um, and like, if you are a guy who's like, where's the mob? Where's the guns? Where's the violence? Huh? Uh, this is, I don't know. It's, it's such a, Great David Chase way of doing this is, is my summary of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, we start out where it, uh, in Junior's trial. Um, and then Junior, I mean, Junior is has been this kind of like comedic role this, this season. Mm-hmm. And that continues because now it's like what he's he's complaining about being able to make it for like the early bird breakfast or supper or whatever it is like that's a classic old folks thing they, they have an early dinner because it's discounted but then he gets hit with a boom mic because he hears like a female reporter that you know he like flirts with all the time because he goes yes. to turn his head and he gets hit with a boom mic falls down the stairs and hits his head <laughs> i also feel like this is one of those shots that they could have used in like a commercial with sinister music like to get people hyped for the show like oh, yeah. on the court steps he falls down and maybe add in a gunshot just cause like to trick you even further and they're actually shouting there quite comedically like did he get shot and like no he got it with a boom mic um but yeah it's a it's a big thing and then and they even say it like the, that reporter he was flirting with is is the one who has to go like reported mob boss Corrado Soprano just fell nine <laughs> nope seven steps <laughs> it's great uh, and then what well, we have Tony and Carm at the stables. So I guess Carmela has warmed up to this. You bought a horse uh, mm. thing that was going on earlier uh, in the in the season. And yeah, um, the goats there now. I mean, I guess I could talk about it a little bit now. Now, in the interview in the Sopranos session, uh, the book, David Chase talks about how this goat represents the devil uh which or satan <laughs> and uh representing ralphie because there is wait, there whoa, you, whoa 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 no wait wait the goat represents the devil 
But he's friends with Pio Mai. That's what Is I that thought big- too. Because in the scene <laughs> when he like when Tony comes and like helps Pio Mai, uh, and then the goat comes in, it doesn't seem like a sinister thing where the goat comes in. But I guess later on when we see the goat still alive, meanwhile like yeah. the other animals are dead, it's kind of like. That's Satan. That's Ralphie. And then there is there is a couple call outs to their lyrics from Sympathy for the Devil sprinkled throughout this episode, uh, specifically when Father Phil uh, is talking to Ralph. But I mean, we'll get there. But I guess they also point out that there's even like when the doctor comes up, he says, pleased to meet you. Uh, (laughs) Let me see. What's the what's the lay down? They have. uh, Let me see. Hold on. I had it a second ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when. Uh, Ralph to the surgeon, please allow me to introduce myself. Ralph to Father Intentola, pleased to meet you. Father Intentola to Ralph, were you there when Jesus had his moment of doubt and pain? Then they kind of, <laughs> then they stretch it a little bit when to- Tony to Polly, like you heard at the top of this episode. Polly's kids in the hospital, a little fucking sympathy, huh? That's kind of a stretch. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, it is building sympathy for Ralphie, so it kind of does work. Yes, sorry, I did cut you off. What did David Chase say about the goat? Uh, well, he just said, because the question is, because the episode doesn't, I know we're jumping around a bit, but the, since it, it's left to, did Ralphie burn down the stable? Even though, I, I to me, it was yeah. kind of clear he did. I mean, of course, Ralphie's going to say right. he didn't, and it kind of really came down to when Tony threw it in his lap that he was now with Valentina, uh, where it was like, all right, fuck you. So they say first they they ask David Chase, did Ralphie burn down the stable? David Chase says no. <laughs> then okay. they go, ah, I never even considered you didn't burn it down. And then David Chase says, wait, what did I tell Joey? That's Joey Pants who plays Ralphie. And he goes, wait, oh, mm-hmm. I take that back. I think he did burn it down. <laughs> that was the <laughs> that was the intention. And then they say the reporters are like, okay, so he burnt it down. Okay. And then David Chase says the goat was in there, right? And they say the goat made it out. When Tony looks at the corpse of Piamai, you see the goat wandering around. And then Chase says, oh, because it's Joey and Satan. And Joey in the scene with the priest when he's quoting satanic lyrics. And then the goat. So, yeah, Ralph did it. And, and they go, what the fuck? And they're like, wow, this episode's like a devil festival. And then Chase says, you never got the devil thing with the goat? Uh, and they say, no, nah, I never put it all together like that. No. And he says, the goat symbolism was definitely there in this episode. Ralphie as Satan. And um, then they're like, well, are you a religious person? Do you think there's a God, a heaven, and a hell? No, I don't think there's a heaven and a hell. It's my hope that there's something else, but I'm not comfortable talking about this. However, I'll say I'm interested in religion. I'm interested in stories and human behavior as depicted in the Bible. Uh, And it kind of goes on and on. But yeah, but basically he's saying that the goat is Satan and Satan is Ralphie. Yeah, and he's saying, no, he didn't do it. And then he's saying, yes, he did do it, which yeah. is just perfect because yeah. it's so clear that he likes to fuck with people. And I don't think he's doing it necessarily like just for fun, like just for shit and giggles. But because I think it's genuine, like the way he's talking about it. But it's also like so David Chase as well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so that's great because the ambiguity of it is, I think, something that adds to it. But we'll get into all of that. Yeah. Um, Carmilla does come over. I was surprised because I thought, like, this was a Tony and, like, his new uh, Guma thing. Like, because they met at the stables and whatever. And she got him the painting or, you know, is going to get a painting, whatever. All of that stuff. But then Carmilla's there. And I'm like, well, this is kind of like worlds intersecting in an interesting way. It just shows that Tony's love of 
animals is i don't know universal uh it's all over um yeah it's so, i mean yeah. it's it's such a it's it's such a soft spot i guess for tony and yeah i mean we'll talk about there's obvious parallels to tracy and the university episode because ralphie's involved but i almost feel like we're giving tony too much credit and i mean the the episode makes the makes the parallel as well but I feel like Tony's thing is just animal. Like, obviously, it does symbolize more. Maybe he doesn't realize that, but I guess it's because he's like a sociopath or whatever that it's yeah. you know transferred to animals over people. Yeah, and because he you know hates himself and he hates people and they're imperfect, but I don't think he ever goes like that. Dog's evil. Like he, <laughs> there's a simplicity in animals to him that they can take on and represent things for him. Obviously, like the ducks and so on. Um, but yeah, the horse does, like, Paiomai does come over to Tony when he's there and he knows how to pet him and it's all great. And then, uh, yeah, he even says he's going to bring Carmela to the big race. And then there's a great cut from an eye to an eye. Um, Got to talk about the cut, right? Wait, which cut here? Oh, oh okay, was, yeah, from is it from Paiomai's eye to what? Yeah, to, uh, to Junior, Junior's eye. Yes. And, you know, this is... This episode so uh, brilliantly put together, like I mentioned, that like that cut, even though it's not inherently sinister, whenever you see a horse eye, it's kind of weird. And then it cuts to a human eye, and he's been injured, and it makes me think of death. I thought it was going to cut to like a dead creature's eye or something. It's junior, so almost. But, mm. uh, you know, it's it's still like when you give a, a massive close-up of an eye, and just the use of some certain close-up is in this episode as well. It really sets the mood. Um, so so I thought it was a great cut. Yeah, no, absolutely. I actually didn't even pick up on it, but I'm looking at it now, and you're absolutely right. Yep. Thanks. Uh, and, so. uh, and again, with Junior, like, we've talked about this in the past. It's, it's um, you know, it, it, as we go through this episode, because Tony comes up with this idea, they're going to kind of try to exploit this. But as we've seen in the past, it hasn't worked well for Junior to, to play up his old manness. You know, like yeah, uh, it, it's it's this weird, almost like self fulfilling prophecy, and yeah. it's like I don't know. I'm still even questioning it. Like when things happen in this episode, is this Junior going along with it, or is this like things manifesting themselves? But you know, that's just me. Yeah. They do a good job of balancing it. And I was actually thinking the exact same thing about like self-fulfilling prophecy of him like getting out with a medical thing and then he actually has medical issues. And same here, it is ambiguous as well when, you know, he is in the hospital bed at first and he is clearly out of it. And then the next day he suddenly seems kind of better, but not really. And then when he goes to ask, I mean, again, we're jumping around, but when he goes to ask the neighbors for ice cream, um, (laughs) that's... uh, I, that's clearly real, right? I mean, I guess, but it's such a weird thing. Um, it's less. But it's, it's meant to be real, right? I think so because it kind of. I mean, it is like a, a perfect chase thing because the whole episode's about setting it up, but then it, they're almost showing when they're practicing that Junior's not that good at it, and mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they're picking up things, but that seems like such an advanced jump to know like uh to premeditate that but then again they are watching so it does kind of work so who knows and i i do like that moment where tony goes to see junior and he he mentions that a guy came by and then even tony has to be like 
he he died and he's like i'm talking about his son like he like everyone's like <laughs> oh of course of course all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he's just eating his yellow or, or whatever <laughs> um yeah so there's a lot of stuff in the hospital here another thing about this episode is how incredibly uh dense it is i noticed that even before we got to the midpoint that i was like holy shit, there's a lot of story happening here. And none of it ever felt rushed to me. Mm. But I was noticing like five minutes in like, holy shit, a lot of stuff has already happened here. And then, you know, obviously moving on, we have Ralphie, uh, when his kid eventually ends up in the hospital as well. It's like, what the fuck? It's been like 10 minutes and (laughs) all of this has happened. Uh, So they did balance all that in a great way. And I think it works because of how the season has been up to this point as well. They can put everything in there. Well, yes, and it's classic Sopranos, too, where... Because, yeah, after we get from the hospital uh, and we have Ralphie, you know, hanging out with his crew and they're about to prank call uh, Polly's mom because they're talking, they're still talking about the joke. And it's like, oh, wow, the joke feels like it's so long ago. Mm-hmm. But Sopranos does that a lot, where something seems like such a big thing and then the other characters don't have their, like, reaction version to it till like three or four episodes later because now mm. and I guess it kind of makes sense where you know Ralphie's kind of putting it together and he's kind of right on the money like who who you know has been ratting him out I guess uh yeah. and now he's getting his you know a little minor revenge where he calls up and <laughs> he's telling Paulie's poor ma that what he's uh been involved in uh like what is it like bathhouse sex or something and then he has a gerbil up his ass or something or other a rodent uh i believe it was found in a public bathroom um (laughs) and yeah so that that was the situation and it's a really nice i mean not only is it funny and in a mean sort of way i mean they put it together in a comedic way but it's also like ralphie before might have you know oh i'm gonna choke Polly out and do this and that but he's like no he's like it's rude obviously but it's not the end of the world like this would be enough for him I think to get his revenge he'd be like <laughs> laughing at it so that's another way of raising sympathy for him here and then uh one of the interesting things again going back to the book um it's interesting they were talking about the Ralphie character and I believe this this uh other dude that's in Ralphie's crew Eugene Kind of like the tall dude with dark hair. The guy that's not Vito that he's kind of yeah. talking with here. That They actually, as a favor to Gandolfini, initially they had this actor as Ralphie. And I think they shot, oh. They mentioned that they shot a few scenes, but it just kind of wasn't, wasn't kind of playing out for what they wanted. And, I mean, it's so hard to not see Joey Pantolano, or however you say his name, Joey Pants, uh, yeah. as Ralphie. But just kind of like an interesting little side thing, because I guess Gandolfini just thought this dude was like a good young actor. He wanted him part of the show. I mean, they still kept him around, obviously, but initially they had him in the Ralphie slot. That's interesting. Yeah, he I mean, it's not that he appears like to be a bad actor, but he's not very uh, prolific. Like he doesn't stick out to you. Maybe that's, you know, how they shot it and everything. And obviously he's not playing a wacky character like Ralph who stands out. Um, But yeah, you're right. It's very difficult to imagine anyone else. And he didn't, we indeed uh, win an Emmy for this episode for best supporting actor. So yeah. Yeah, From Uh, what I was reading, he submitted this episode and they also submitted the Christopher episode, uh, which Christopher episode has him getting uh, vibrator up his ass, and I guess right. it's kind of showing the duality of the character, really laying yeah. it down. But hey, it worked. Yep. 
Absolutely. So, uh, like we mentioned, uh, Ralphie's then in the bath, and some kids are running around. And, of course, I'm like, who are these kids? Like, it's uh, clearly a dangerous situation, but I'm also like, we've not seen these characters, right? Like, Or have they been in the show before? No, no. It's classic Sopranos where it's a cheat, but it's not because feasibly he could have this, you know, an ex-wife and some kids, but... I don't feel like they ever thought he'd had this beforehand. Like this is definitely a yeah. new thing. Um, but it, you know, it's, you can't really tear it apart too much, but uh, it almost is kind of weirdly better that you don't know who these kids are at first. And then you kind of makes the connection and we see, you know, Ralph Cifaretto in such a different light. Like even when he's just rushing out and kind of scared and, you know, just not being Ralphie, it's, it really is a jarring uh, vision of this character from what we know. Yes, and it makes sense because he's clearly not in this kid's life. Like his kid's yeah. life, his life is not about taking care of this kid, so it's not not been important. Um, so that's why it makes sense. Um, yes. Yeah, so then we get to the hospital. A great scene where um, you know he shows his acting chops. His ex-wife is there. Uh, they you know they get into a big fight basically, and uh, Tony has to basically start choking him out right there in the hospital, but, like, then he ends up, like, crying all over him, and they're, like, hugging, and you're like, wow, these guys are best friends now. And it's such a parallel to the later scene when they fight. It it almost feels like it's framed exactly the same way, at at least a certain portion of that fight. Um, Yeah. And then just the way, like, the Ralphie we know is the Ralph that's staring at the little kid that that you know hurt his son even though it was an accident they're dumb kids messing around but when he's giving the kid the eye and tony even has to be like ralph he's a kid it was an accident yeah Uh, it's weird because you understand that because any parent you'd still would probably have this you'd be upset with another kid for doing that but ralph it's almost scary of like is he gonna fucking is he gonna kill this kid somehow like later on (laughs) yeah obviously i was like oh no where's this going but it was not going where i thought it was going um but yeah he's actually you know relatively calm here it is the ex-wife who you know i think he he throws out some insult or something but she starts slapping him and uh he calls her a stupid cunt because she bought him the bow and arrow and then the new guy steps in like no one talks to my wife like that and then tony jumps in because it's all going crazy and everyone's going to get kicked out yeah and i mean yeah we do see ralph you know he's fighting back and he won't even stop then he breaks down emotionally and then kind of what we cut back to the lawyer and junior and tony starting to lay out the scam looking for an out on this trial here yeah and well let me step back a moment there's another quick scene in here now uh jim you got your turnpikes and your Empire States buildings and whatnots. But this, in a way, is also my favorite episode because this lawyer says that he has to go because his daughter is addressing the Irish Parliament. And then in a scene, he is in a hotel room and in the cheapest way imaginable, they imply that he is in Dublin, indeed where I live. And they go, oh, yes, we're about to get lunch at St. Stephen's Green. And I get this thrill of recognition that I assume any American will get at any point because they're driving past all these tall buildings and whatnot. Who gives a shit about the tall buildings when you know where St. Stephen's Green is? And I may, may have been to that restaurant that they were going to go to, but never actually did go to because they had to fly back and scam this uh, whole situation. So uh, I will say that's why it's my favorite episode. Got some Irish pride in there. Thank goodness. So they were really there, huh? 
apparently. Uh, I mean, clearly, they were in a room. It was really the cheapest way of filming it imaginable. They're in a hotel room and like, oh, we're going to go. I have no idea why this is in the episode that uh, his daughter is addressing the Irish Parliament on abortion issues. But there you go. I don't care. They came to Dublin. Uh, Oh, it's like I'm in the show. Yes. Well, and what's weird, though, because in the previous episode when Furio goes to his father's funeral... It feels like they really shot something in Italy, right? Or do you think that was just yeah. some green screen shit? But if no, you, that felt so real. Because <laughs> they're like on the edge, because they're like you could see the mountains and everything in the distance. It feels like they're in like a real vista. So it's like, oh, yeah. what? You can't just shoot over real quick, shoot something in Ireland as well on your way home? Come on, chase and go. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's because it was literally the most pointless thing ever or yeah. very difficult to tell why this was happening because it was just so that Tony could call him and tell him to come home, basically. Yeah. Uh, so we could lead up to the scene we were about to discuss here where they work out that, yeah, of course, this is going to be great. Just pretend like you're Gaga. Yeah. So then, yeah, they're yeah they're playing that out. You got to be Ubats. I got a registered nurse who's gonna you know play ball. Like let's let's go with this. Uh, and then what? Then we got Ralphie in the hospital. And I mean, I guess that's another thing, kind of like what you pointed out uh, between just the eyeball cuts and ton- and Junior in the hospital. Now this kid's in the hospital. I mean, hospital death, sickness. It's kind of permeating the whole episode. Really setting up. Poor Ralph, he doesn't get to go to the hospital, though. Uh, nope. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't nope. have made it anyways. We couldn't call an ambulance. I found him like this. Uh, but yeah, we'll exactly. get there. <laughs> yes. Um, so um, he's, um, is it Ro- Rosaline? That's her yes. name, his ex? Yep. Yeah, so they get to have a bit of reconciliation where, he, again, just uh, getting even more brownie points, he gets to apologize for... Uh, you know, just dumping her after her son died. Yeah. Uh, and she's very understanding about the whole thing, I'd say. Um, saying like, oh, no, he's going to be okay. Another great cut to dinner with Carmela going, he's going to be a vegetable. That's a good one as well. Yes, yeah, because it's like, you know, people, you, you do that. You, it's not like she's a doctor, but you got to try to keep people positive, even though if inside you're like, oh, he's fucked. <laughs> it's over. Yep. Uh, yeah, we get a, a a quick shot of Artie there going like, uh, there's another one who should talk to the priest, priest and like, what oh, was it true? He took sleeping pills. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that did happen. Well, it's just funny how all these things always get out. Like, you know, <laughs> we saw the whole thing of how Tony, it, it felt like since t- it was only Tony and Artie that knew what happened and they set up this cover story. But, you know, whether it be that Tony did eventually tell Carmela or Artie, you know, told someone. Everyone knows what happened, and they yeah. just think he's pathetic and <laughs> and whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of people thinking uh, you're pathetic, the next scene is with Junior trying to. Well, they're trying to teach Junior how to properly behave, like he has been affected mentally by this, potentially has dementia, and so um, you know he's asked the question, "What day is it?" And he's like, "A blonde with big tits." And Tony accurately points out, "Yeah, that's great. That's uh, really funny." Uh, you'll be laughing when you're in in jail or whatever like because they can actually tell like your answers can't just be whatever you can't just say bullshit it has to make sense uh so they have a little script for him to read out and like he can't not like you can't not know your name then you'll know you're fucking with them yeah yeah which is interesting because yeah there's certain things like they're really kind of putting the study to it and figuring out what's what. And yeah, you'll know your name, but you won't know this or you'll think this stuff. And they're really doing uh, like studying. They're putting they're putting in the work. And then Svetlana shows back up 
and Janice mm. tries to have a kind of a reconciliation uh, with her as well because she found the Lord since then, and now she's got Bobby Bacala. But Svetlana doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Uh, she has great entrance, like, you're a boring woman, and uh, walks in. Um, and yeah, as far as Junior here in the earlier scene we had just a moment ago, he's like, ah, clever like a fox, I'll be tricking everyone. And then now he's like, you think I'm a source of amusement to you? All my life I've been this, now i got to pretend to be a drooling idiot. And he brings up his brother, you know? Oh, he? yeah, yeah, he that? does, yeah, Eccoli. He brings up Eccoli, yeah. you know, how people... The way things, the way they treated him, and how they looked down upon him, and because someone, yeah. I, well, I think maybe Bobby or someone makes the joke like, uh, "Wipe your ass in the yeah. in the courtroom or something," and uh, it's like I'm a source of amusement. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, J- Junior's great. I always love seeing Junior, and I love seeing his little outbursts and reactions. Yes. So uh, he actually, um, uh, let's see, what, where I. After this, Ralphie takes uh, Rosalie's advice and goes to see uh, Father Intentola. And uh, I'm not a religious man either, but it's a shame he didn't do that confession, right? I mean, he had a chance to do it. <laughs> that's he's true. Like, no, I got to think about that one. <laughs> Bad timing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That would have been perfect timing for him. Uh, and yeah, again, we we get to we're further seeing this different side of Ralph. Um, and I mean, this tragedy is really making him more of a sympathetic fuller character i guess not just the the crazy wacko that beat a woman to death for you know what laughing or calling him not a man or something uh and then he sets up the next scene i love the moment we got our typical soprano scene where the you know tony's hair is all sticking up because he just rolled out of bed that's a sitcom-esque scene where him and karma are talking and then when aj comes down and they both have this knowing moment of like thank god our kid is not in the hospital and Tony can't just say like, look, yeah. I love you and hug him. He has to be like, Hey, come here, come in and do the fucking like fake wrestle. And then it turns into like a hug and a kiss. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't have kids. So the most I can relate to is when I see like sad dogs on TV and then I'm like, ah, oh, come here, my dog, get over here. <laughs> Right. Uh, Yeah, no, I imagine it's pretty much the same. Um, And I also thought, you know, this was incredibly uh, touching, sort of, and a great scene in general, because they get to have that moment of like, oh, this this little kid. And it's like, Tony's almost like, he's overwhelmed with emotion. He's almost going to cry, it looks like. But he, of course, he's not expressing himself that way so he has to go the route of like ah you fooling around with blondie huh is that what you're doing huh huh oh look at this girl and then like uh and then like actually like showing real affection there and aj is just like like any teenager like i can i go now (laughs) well and it's interesting too i have calls to make (laughs) because and then i try to think of moments like that when i was a teenage kid and i'm sure there were plenty of moments where my parents just wanted to be like Oh my God, you're my son, and I love you. And I was probably just like, "Whatever, get out of here!" <laughs> like, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Well, to be fair, if your if your father is Tony Soprano, it's like <laughs> you're like show it more often, or like find other ways of expressing your feelings, Tony. Because it's or I'm gonna go. What I have calls to make. Okay, <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. This is carrying me now. Um, and then I guess it should be called out. Carmela is wearing a Columbia University shirt, kind of okay. for no reason. And I mean, I guess the the episode with Tracy is called University. 
Uh, mm. There was the the connection to Meadow, the parallel through that. So I feel like it's probably a deliberate thing there. Just a small little nod. Uh, what's the significance of it being Columbia University? I don't know which one that would be. Uh, well, does does Meadow go to Columbia? I think Me- Meadow does go to Columbia. Or okay. does she go to yeah, NYU? But either way, uh, it's just the university. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So next scene, Ralphie shows up to make a payment to Tony. Tony is, of course, eating at the start of the scene, but that goes without saying. <laughs> um, so he shows up to make a payment, and I think it's like him, you know, he wants to get into a routine. He's like, oh, I had to go rough this guy up. Like, he has to, like, do something to feel like, like, he actually says, like, at least I'm good for something. And they always say he's such a great earner, which comes into, you know, the next scene as well, where Tony is, like, explaining to Paulie like look oh this guy is such a great earner and so on um but he also more importantly breaks down in this scene in front of Tony um so and then and then what's what's interesting here is that I mean I guess I I think they call it out uh I forget if it was in the book or if I was reading it on something else like it's it's one of the moments where we're kind of uh we flip we're with Ralph now because Tony's so uncomfortable that he's emotional about it. But in like, so so Tony's being a dick and then Tony does drop this shit in his lap about being with Valentina now, like in this, in this moment, (laughs) because, because he also knows that with dealing with all this other like real world stuff, like with his son and, you know, I guess coming to grips with who he is in relation to like, am I being punished? Like there's definitely a lot of thought there. Uh, what's he going to do? Get mad about it now. So it's like a perfect, it's perfect for Tony to bring it up now. And on top of it, I mean, Ralph did just bring him a fat envelope because Tony points it out in the next scene too. So it's like, I don't know. Tony's just being a piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah. No, for sure. And I mean, he's he's talking about his son and how he was too high on his seventh birthday to even give him a call uh, from Florida. And then he thought he called him and he's just breaking down. And Tony thinks, you know, uh, you know, you're covered by the, the union, right? Like you have the medical insurance. That's all well and good. Um, but he just tries to give him... He gives him some money or something? No, it's just a handkerchief. Never mind. Uh, like, he's being so uncomfortable about it and decides, hey, I I know what this is. An opportunity yeah. to do what the assemblyman did to me. I'm sure this won't have negative consequences, just like it didn't for the assemblyman. Yeah. I'll do it right now. Great. And, uh, I mean, going back to... Uh, I mean, obviously, so many great performances on The Sopranos, but you you do see a change in Ralph. Like, there's a you know a, a nice little change in how he's acting after he gets the news and to me that kind of more solidifies that if there was ever a question if people were wondering if he actually did it i think he did it absolutely i yeah. mean as jay said no wait yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he did <laughs> yes and i think it's not only that tony's doing this I mean, it's in the it's in the previous uh, episode where Tony says, "I already took his horse." Uh, such a such a mean line to say, but there's some truth to it. Now that he says, "Well, I took your girl too," it's almost like Ralphie could be going in his brain. Well, you can't have the horse too, um, but because he's like, "I'm not gonna like, what can I do? I can't do anything about the girl because you're the boss." 
but I can do something about the horse. That's a possible interpretation. But I also think that because he is so open and raw in this scene, he is showing so much trust in Tony. And if, if Tony had picked another time to tell him this, maybe Payomai would have been okay because he's he's there talking about his feelings and breaking down and Tony d- decides to tell this at this point. And like you said, there's a change because he hasn't thought about this girl Valentina in like weeks there's no way ralphie cares yeah but then now of course it's just a slap in the face to have it at this time yeah yeah absolutely i agree and i'm even surprised like in the next scene because then ralph like kind of hugs silvio hugs christopher and i mean there's this knowing thing i guess with Polly and ralph because they don't even really say anything to each other it's just weird because usually in stuff in, in situations like this, people like what we've seen in the Sopranos, they'll at least put on something for. I mean, remember Tony and Ralph's thing was just like not getting a drink was such yeah. a big deal. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I guess it, it illustrates that they have this this beef, uh, which is interesting because they it feels like they're building it up. But then in classic Sopranos, David Chase fashion, it's not like the big Ralphie. And Paulie's showdown. Well, I guess the Tony and Ralphie's showdown's been set up as well. But yeah, it comes down to Tony in the end. Yeah, and I mean, it's the scene that you played at the top there. It's a great way to reintroduce, like, what? This guy's a saint all of a sudden? You get Paulie's point of view on it. But more importantly, Tony gets to go, like, any, like you all know the rules. Anyone touches this guy, there's gonna be hell to pay. They're gonna answer to me. So, like, he can't just then... I mean, we'll see next episode, I guess, how he fi- tries to get this fixed because he's so obviously saying, like, no, no, no. I If something happens to him, there will be consequences. So, yeah, well, that'll be interesting. And it's classic Tony fashion on how the rules apply to everyone but him. And I guess that's <laughs> yeah, kind of that's everyone to an extent. Everyone likes to spout about what is and isn't right, but then break those own rules in their own life because he's even talking about how it's a business. Look at all the money he's making us. Uh, you know, yeah, he's really, he's laying out, he's not practicing what he preaches as we see throughout the episode. Yeah. I also will point out that Paulie brings up his mother really upset and they all have a really hard time not laughing about the call that they've obviously heard about the situation with uh, the phone call and like, you don't know that was him. And uh, this plays into the title uh, of the episode. Of course, there's lots of whoever did this situations, but, uh, but yeah, Tony's kind of laughing about it. He does manage to diffuse it though by saying, "Hey, I'll come go visit yep. your mother. It's been too long." Yeah, and, and, and Paul, to Polly, that's the biggest thing ever. You do got to give it to him because it is a good like boss move, uh, or just classic whatever. Like if you even just in your shit job, if you have someone that works underneath you, you give them the shit sandwich. You give them kind of well he doesn't really or the compliment sandwich he doesn't really start with a compliment he gives him a bunch of shit but he does end in a like making him feel good kind of way of like yeah i'll go see your mod it's been too long gotta go pay my respects yeah that's pretty good oh and um, uh it, it is great that <laughs> Polly's ma is on uh she's on xanax now she's got a nervous bowel <laughs> ever <laughs> since the call happened it's a great detail yep yep and they go like uh christopher silvio Tony, they're still there after he walks off, and and I think Tony goes like, ah, oh, he's got kids, or yeah, or is it Silvio? Silvio says, uh, they they summarize anyway. He doesn't have kids. He doesn't understand. Yeah, but Chris doesn't have kids either. So, yeah, but because I yeah, I noticed that on. too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Polly walks off, and Tony's like, yeah, he doesn't get, he doesn't have kids. 
And then we yeah. have. Meanwhile, uh, sorry. Meanwhile, Christopher's there, high as fuck. <laughs> I assume. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so now we have the actual examination with Junior, and he's doing well. Yep. Uh, we do see like uh, Janice like giggling uh, with Bobby in the other room because he actually manages to nail it pretty well there. Like, of course, he knows it's George Bush is the president, but who was it before him? John F. Kennedy. Yeah. Oh, I love. I re- still remember where I was, but <laughs> so good stuff. This all feels fake, so that's good. Yes, yeah. Then we kind of cut to Tony gets a call. He's in bed with Valentina, and uh, yeah. there's some issues at the stables. You need to come down. Uh, we see, you know, basically burnt to the ground. There was a light bulb or a broken light bulb in one of the rooms. Must have set off on the hay. And then even to- like they talk about how Piomai was alive, uh, yeah. but just badly burned, so they had to she had to be destroyed. And then Tony even has to like look um, at the at the horse, and then it gets dragged away, uh, almost comically. Like it's almost it's just almost comically because we know how devastated Tony is, and then like it's such a like all right, dragging away with chains from a fucking bulldozer or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's, well, dragged away by a tractor, or same tractor. as they use later, they use a tractor to dig the hole to put the head in or whatever. Um, but yeah, so it's a real, like, I guess it turns into a real, uh, investigation here and it's clear that it's something's going to come out of it. Cause it's like, oh, they said it was electrical is oh damn light bulb. And Tony's looking at the electric wires and like, Hmm. And he's doing his little investigation, but he's already kind of made up his mind and, I mean, I I believe you're right. I also believe that uh, he did it because it would be a very Ralphy thing to do. But I do think that the ambiguity of it elevates the story. I feel that's yep. something I'm coming to learn from The Sopranos because in my world, when the, at the end of the story, everything should be super clear. Like there should be a reveal at the end or the, and then the big fight and then the end. And now it's more like... No, it's reminiscent of the Russian in the woods and stuff like that. Like, no, you don't resolve it. Keep people speculating because the important thing is not if he... Like, it adds more to it. It adds more to what Tony is feeling and why he's doing what he's doing if there is a level of doubt there. Maybe Ralphie didn't do it, in which case Tony murdered this guy for no real reason while his son was almost dying and he was striving to be a better person <laughs> yeah. and all of these things. Uh, so that obviously makes the story better. Absolutely. And uh, I do buy, at least in this scene here, because the way the scene ends and the goat is like kind of right, like looking in the camera almost, like breaking yeah. the fourth wall and Tony's in the background. I do buy that in this exact scene, this goat does represent, I guess, Satan, if you will, or Ralphie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about earlier, but I mean, I guess we did we did say that that was like a biblical shot when previously yeah. Piomai's sick and then the goat comes in and Tony's smoking the cigar. Uh, but yeah, I mean, with the way this scene is and the goat just looking in the camera, kind of a little out of focus because Tony's in the in the background. Uh, yeah. I'll give it to him. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And like, even though the earlier scene that we called biblical was more like, oh, the stables with Jesus mm-hmm. and whatever, it still sets the mood of something biblical going on and the goat. And yeah, so it all makes sense. Then we get to uh, the next scene, the big scene in the episode, I suppose. Yeah. And it's so interesting because it's like, 
you know, we've watched Ralph through this for, I mean, I guess we're at like the 30 minute mark here in the episode and we've watched Ralph really going through a lot because, you know, it's his son and his son's hurt really bad, may die in a coma, brain dead, whatever it might be. And Tony is like just as worked up now because Pyomai is dead. And it's such an interesting, uh, like just to see the way the effect is on this character for, I mean, I get it though. Like I get loving animals and I'm sure we're going to explore it more, but just the way it hits him so hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he, he breaks the news, you know, supposedly to Ralphie who does a good job. Like if he is faking it, he does a good job, but he, he, he's not devastated. Maybe if he was, actually as devastated as Tony he would have like believed him when he said that Mm. it wasn't the case but then of course he's not going to be because his son's in the hospital this is not a big deal to him just like Valentina being off with someone else isn't really a big deal to him but I still buy that he would have gone like oh I have I'm trying to be better I have all this stuff but like he's he can't have the horse too (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I need money right now actually as well um so you know I I still buy it and this scene the way it's shot it I didn't obviously see coming that he was gonna choke Ralphie to death on the floor not really um because they've had so many like scuffles in the past even when they were fighting I was like ah they were wrestling around at the start of the episode I'm sure there'll be pals soon enough um but they do build up to it in a great way, just especially with, like, the shots of him cooking and stuff. It really starts to feel tense the way, yeah. like, Tony's eyes sort of drift here and there. And I don't know. It, it It's a great way of building up to it. Absolutely. Um, and there's this thing. I mean, I can't get into too many of it, but there's this recurring theme or theory around eggs and what eggs symbolize to Sopranos. Because uh, as right. we know, Ralphie is making eggs here, and then when Tony shows up and uh, and kills him, um, I'm just trying to see some of these because there's other eggs coming up. I mean, I guess this is a spoiler: is that uh, eggs play a part? Um, I guess Carmela's making eggs in the scene prior to Mikey Palmisi getting killed. That's kind of a stretch, but I guess there's eggs there. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to see right. where. Okay. Well, sour uh, cream, what about sour cream? Because it's a secret ingredient. A secret Justin ing- loves putting <laughs> sour cream in there. Uh, Tony's uh, having eggs in the diner when he sends Chris to murder the cop, uh, right. the, the one for, for his dad. Uh, yeah. Arena offers to make egg salad before Tony beats Zellman with a belt. <laughs> uh, Richie offers okay. to make Tony eggs when Tony finds him sleeping in Janice's house. And then he's shot by Janice uh, a few episodes after that. That's kind of a stretch, I feel, as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like people eat eggs, it's a thing, but I, uh, I guess I'll AJ, reserve judgments. AJ offers Carmela a poorly made poached egg in the episode College, uh, the one where Tony kills that uh, <laughs> the man he finds. Those are to- totally separate incidents. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, I just want to see if there's a few more that we've already seen. Um, oh, Angie drops a carton of eggs just before Pussy leaves to kill the Elvis impersonator. Mm-hmm. I've totally forgot about that, but yeah, okay. <laughs> right, eggs. They're eggs. I mean, it's they're, they're like skulls. You break them open. We get it, right? That would be the symbolism, at least up to this point, then, uh, right? I mean, Carmela offers Furio some eggs right before he goes back to Italy to see his dying father. Mm, okay. 
But that's just code for let's fuck, though. I don't think <laughs> Ralphie's using the same code here when he offers Tony eggs. Uh, before Janice got her call about her mother's funeral from Tony, she offers her young boyfriend... Uh, oh, no, she tells her young boyfriend to eat his eggs. Right. Uh, in the John Favreau movie, one of the dying female characters mentioned never having an egg cream. I don't care about the eggs anymore, Jim. Can we <laughs> hold it real quick? After Chris wakes up from being shot and before he tells Polly and Tony about the three o'clock warning, his mother tells him that'll bring him peppers and eggs. Okay. But he was fine though. Like he he's still alive. Uh Janice and Richie bring Junior salami and eggs right before Richie and Junior discuss taking Tony out. Yeah, still another one who's still <laughs> he's not dead though. Um but okay, right. yeah, I get it. We got eggs. There's um, more. We'll we'll get to them more as we get to them, but yes, okay, back to this scene with the eggs. Yeah, and also the murder. <laughs> um yeah, no, for sure. Um it's a it's a great way of doing it because Tony has already made up his mind sort of. They're they're having two separate conversations um at the same time where Ralphie's talking about what's important in his life, Tony's talking about what's important in his life. Uh it's kind of this classic where we're both we're talking at odds, talking in different directions and until the conversations crash together where uh Tony actually outries accuses him of cooking that fucking horse alive and he goes, "No, I did not, but so what?" And he says, oh, we're going to get 100000 a piece and blah, blah, blah. Um, so it seems like he's thought about it, which is another indication maybe, uh, uh, you know, maybe he did do it. But, yeah, so it all escalates. They fight. Well, and, and um, real dies. quick, and, and this is kind of like a <clears throat> loose connection, but the last time we saw Ralphie giving cooking advice and kind of give like – yeah, his uh, like like here he gives a secret ingredient sour cream. But before, remember when he was like, you put the uh, a little gravy in the pasta, turn the heat up, mix it around. Isn't that like right before he gives um, Jackie Junior a gun? Gun. That's true. That yeah. is true. And I do still do uh, that with my pasta. So I, yes. maybe <laughs> maybe I need to try the sour cream and the eggs, man. Absolutely. Uh, and then I'm gonna get murdered for having <laughs> eggs. Um, and it, funnily enough, it's also like the reason Tony hits him. It's like the the last comment before then is Ralphie going, "So what? You're fucking vegetarian. You eat salami by the truckload." Uh, and then that's when Tony yeah. punches him. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, yeah, what they, a great f- fight scene! Because I mean, they, there is obviously like Tony's like a hulking man. He's he's bigger than Ralph. But the way it's laid out, because like what Ralph's trying to hit him with the pan. And he like sprays raid in his eyes and shit. It's like it's brutal, and you kind of you could see why they're going toe to toe here. And Ralph's not just like immediately taken out. Yeah, and I mean it's like he starts with like trying to hit him with the pan, but then when he got goes for the knife, I'm like, holy shit, this is yeah. for real, because <laughs> uh, there's like a knife being thrown around now. And then like you said, the raid, which I don't know what that is, but uh, it's not usually you get sprayed in the eyes. It's not good. Yeah, it's um, bug spray. It's just pe- pesticide yeah. basically. Yeah, I, I figured. So they end up on the, the ground, and uh, Tony's yelling, she was a beautiful, innocent creature. What did she ever do to you? Jamming him into the floor. And you might wonder, what did Ralphie ever really do to Tony? Like, yeah, he's hurt other people, but has has he ever really done anything bad to Tony as such? Well, the whole, the whole everyone's drawing the line is that he's talking about Tracy. Uh, but again, mm. I feel like we're giving Tony too much credit there because... Yeah. Tony could have done something then. And I mean, it. when he looks in the mirror at the end, there is a picture of Tracy uh, on the mirror in the Bing, and he does look at it for a second. So it's it's definitely there. 
And I guess you could even argue that maybe it's subconscious, that it's the way Tony looks at the ducks as his family. He looks at this horse as that innocent girl that is also his daughter. So, Yeah, that makes sense uh, because... Like, he, he did connect that girl, obviously, with Meadow and what was going on there. And I was also going to say, if that's happening, it would be subconscious, I think. The wording is appropriate, because he goes like, that beautiful, innocent creature, you never did anything to do, you murdered her. But then, I seriously think he's talking about the horse. I agree. Like, yeah, no, I like, absolutely let's agree. let's not fuck around. <laughs> I agree with you. Um but yeah, maybe subconsciously, because I feel when he looks at that picture at the end there, he looks surprised. He's like, oh, yeah, maybe I did do a good thing. It's yeah. not like, yeah, finally got your revenge. He's like, oh, yeah, you were alive and you're not. And now Ralphie's not. All's okay in the world. And kind of like, I mean, they had that scene, I forget it was like a couple episodes ago when Silvio was like, uh, yeah, he beat up that girl of a, what's it called? Like, even he <laughs> kind of couldn't remember it. Didn't he? Yeah, yes. He beat someone up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, over. Uh, I don't remember what was it, and then we were like, "Yeah, what was it?" Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, what was it over? <laughs> yeah, so Tony's the same basically. Then he like throws up a bit. He's he's uh, you know splashes some water on his face. Uh, burns his hand on the stove that's still cooking, and it's like most like there's this fight is like five minutes or so so there's still like over 20 minutes left the meticulous cleanup process is basically the rest of the episode and that's also done in a great way of showing how violence yeah that will happen but it's actually like yeah but then you got to hang around and watch tv while you wait for it to get dark so you can get the body out uh it's um it's good stuff a really good precursor to Breaking Bad. Um, yeah, I was thinking of that yeah, as well. <laughs> when yeah, because it's is it like basically the first like two episodes or three episodes or whatever it is, just getting rid of the two bodies or whatever. So yeah, yeah a, a really nice uh, precursor to that. And then of course Christopher's shooting up, gets the call from Tony, call me back. You got three minutes. Call me from a payphone, and he just passes out. <laughs> he just passes out. Calls him a half hour later. Yeah, and goes like, Carmilla, uh, not Carmilla, Adriana put my keys where I couldn't find them, which is a weird way of wording that <laughs> sentence. Um, but yeah, he does show up, and this is another, this is a great episode because this is also where Tony gets to see through the bullshit and actually see your high right now. Like, he gets, so like, I guess murder makes his vision clear up because he's looked at uh, Christopher with rose-tinted glasses, and then he actually can see, are you high? Can you even do this? And he is very clearly high. Uh, so well, yeah. We, we then, should play a little of it because, of course, yeah. it ha- uh, a favorite amongst Sopranos fans is the I did dent. Uh, <laughs> but also, it's such a it's a great culmination of, like, you know, we've been like, oh, Tony, what are you doing? Like, we understand this plan you keep telling us that you want Christopher to be your main contact, but you're not seeing what's happening here and finally like not only do we have this culmination with the ralph character but now tony has to finally like look in to the choice he's made but yeah let me play a little of this scene real quick here i found him like this (laughs) that was a piece of shit whoever did this should happen a long time ago so what do you want to do? Get rid of the body. <laughs> Tried to move him myself, but... Uh... Actually, I don't want to cut in real quick. You got to give it up to uh, 
to I'm, I'm spacing on Chris's uh, the actor that plays Chris. Oh, Michael Imperioli. Like I feel like he just gets high. I guess <laughs> he just does heroin because he's, <laughs> he's got it right. <laughs> he does really good. Yeah, and I mean the it, I, we also got to point out in this scene. Tony is like so beat up and covered in blood, and he goes like, "Yeah, I tried to carry him, but it's like it's clear you killed this guy." And he's kind of echoing what he heard Pauly say. Like it's always a classic Sopranos thing where other characters try to repeat yeah. what they heard earlier, and it's just like, "Well, yeah, he's a piece of shit. This should have already happened." Good. Yeah. Why do we have to get rid of the body? Well, what the fucking questions now? When they find him like this. And somebody will. There'll be a major fucking investigation. We got enough light shining on shit. Junior's trial, all that. No body, no murder. Can't take him out till after dark, so we'll get him ready here. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? Nothing. Don't lie to me. You're high. I smoked half a joint before you called. I'm fine. Look at you. Your nose is running, you fucking junkie. You promised me you wouldn't do that shit anymore. I didn't. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Can you even right, do this? All right, we get it. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> I did then. I did then. <laughs> um... But yeah, like, uh, and I guess what does he say? They're gonna shine some light on this. I mean, the end. It, he does walk out into the 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 harsh light of day. I suppose that's kind of a connection there. Um, but yeah, uh, great stuff. And now you know he's got to deal with this junkie Christopher. That's his heir apparent here, next in line to be the to take over this family. Yep, and it's one of these personal jobs where. You know, he would usually delegate something like this, obviously, but now he's getting his hands dirty, quite literally, because he has to, because it's his, it's uh, his mess to clean up, and he doesn't want anyone to know. He may, if anyone should know, it's his right hand man who can't even light a cigarette because he's too high. Um, so yeah, they, you know, have to just sweep up the mess, chop the fella up, figure out that he was wearing a hairpiece the whole time, which. <laughs> yeah. Biggest revelation of the episode for me. I guess I'm just as blind as uh, Tony when it comes to Christopher's drug, drug addiction. I didn't see this, uh, so it's pretty. It's pretty big news. Pretty biggest biggest event of the episode. Some would say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just know because I've seen him in other stuff with a bald head, and yeah, it's great well, just yeah, to true. see like how mundane. Um, you know, because after they cut his hands off or whatever. Then they're just kind of chilling down on his couch. Tony's eating peanut butter. They're just watching a movie, you know, just waiting for it to get dark. And then they even have to have yeah. a moment where, you know, the phone rings and we hear the voicemail. But we don't hear, like, whoever leaves the message. But they just wanted to put yeah. in, like, how, like, Ralph has a funny voicemail that's like, uh, what it's like, I don't have time to remember numbers or something like that. Like he says something really With dumb. With my schedule, I can't look up phone numbers <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Leave your number. Yeah. yeah. I'm Which too busy. Before. Oh, have we heard that before? <laughs> I don't know if I've noticed it. But yeah, yeah, I'm too busy to look up phone numbers. 
I, or maybe maybe not maybe i'm wrong but i don't know it's, it seemed familiar <laughs> yeah. it seemed like something he would do <laughs> but they're just talking about like adriana and like oh maybe this new doctor says maybe she can have kids but i don't know if i'm ready this shit with justin and he's like you gotta jump in or don't shit or get off the pot christopher meanwhile upstairs uh there's a dead guy but they're just waiting you know gotta wait uh, then there's the bit with the bowling ball. Yep. Funny stuff, you know? Yep. Yeah, they get worried. They hear something out there. And it's like, and then even Tony kind of laughs like, oh, this is the bowling ball. Go get it. We'll use it yeah. to weigh him down. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, they're watching some film. Is there any significance to this one? I, I don't think so. They're always watching old, old ass shit. Yeah, it's always show. old stuff. It, well, because it's weird because it's the, like, like, even though I, I watched Sopranos when it aired. I mean, I was too young to get these references, but it's just stuff that like David Chase watched growing up. It's always like those TV shows. It's like I don't know. I guess it's like watching Community in 15 years and being like, "What are they referencing? <laughs> what is going on?" Uh, that makes sense because I mean, can you imagine this scene if they were watching Friends? Like, it just feels <laughs> yeah. there's something to old television, old movies that feels like it adds a more classy air to it. Obviously, it feels like it's you know a reference to something. But then those films were once new, so yeah. you know back in the day it was just pop culture, and now it's like, oh, there's a refined air to it. Ooh. So if you're watching a show now in a TV show, you'd watch The Sopranos because it's a bit more classy yeah. than watching you know some current bullshit. They're watching The Last Time I Saw Paris. Uh, It's a film loosely based off F. Scott Fitzgerald's short story, Babylon Revisited, which, yeah, I don't know if there's really much more of a significance behind that. It's uh, the story set the year after the stock market crash in 1929. Uh, Well, this is what it's loosely based off of. Fitzgerald called it the jazz age. Whatever. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Now, they do talk about... um, at least on the Wikipedia, they mentioned pub- the Public Enemy, which we watched, and I guess yeah. you can loosely connect it because remember in the Public Enemy, Nails Nathan, uh, he gets killed by by his horse, the horse, and then yeah. Tom avenges and then his friend's death. Yeah, they kill, they go and kill the horse. Uh, they do <laughs> reference that there was this a man by the name of Jason Bautista. He killed his mentally ill mother in Riverside, California, in January of two thousand three. They dumped her decapitated body with its hands removed uh, off the Ortega Highway in Orange County. Jason's half-brother, Matthew, who was 15 years old when Jason killed their mother, testified in court that he helped dispose of her body, and they got the idea to chop off her head and hands from this episode. (laughs) Right. So, you know, your greatest wish as a storyteller is to inspire people. Yeah. Um, You know, for me, it was add ambiguity to your payoffs in storytelling. For them, it was a bit more literal. We should do that, they said, watching this. (laughs) But Um, then they just dump the body off a highway. Like, they don't... You know, let's yeah. go the. If we're gonna do this, let's go the whole way. Dump it off into a, a quarry somewhere, and then bury the head and hands. Having watched, you know, a lot of uh, TV and stuff, I'm still like, someone's definitely finding that body, right? But then, <laughs> like, it doesn't really matter there. They're pretty isolated, I think. They're pretty well protected anyway. And they, you know, put the head somewhere else. That's like two-step verification on your phone. It's like yeah. an extra <laughs> layer of protection, you know? So, hey, whose body is this? Who knows? Whose head is this? Uh, who knows? And, yeah, he's he is chained up. They dump him in there, and then they go to, uh, I guess, it's, they say it's Mikey Palmisi's father's farm or something. 
Uh, I was trying to catch that as well. I was like, whose farm is this? Because I'm pretty sure they might plant stuff yeah. there. <laughs> but yeah, Mikey Palmisi from season one, uh, who Christopher did shoot with Polly after Polly got poison ivy. Although Christopher did All also right. see Mikey Palmisi in the afterlife. Uh, I think he's the one that told right. him three o'clock. <laughs> right. Okay, cool, cool. So that's whose farm it is. Why are they going to the... Like, they're saying he's not there, right? Like, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, because that's what I was thinking, too. Like, if it is his farm, isn't he going to hear them riding around in the tractor? And then Tony has to take over because Christopher can't quite do it properly. Um, and, you know, Tony does show that he's kind of a jack of all trades because he's kind of handling it like a pro. Yeah, and he's showing that uh, as he often does, like, "Hey, this is fun. I'm I'm driving around in a tractor." Like that's his mindset at this point. It's like yeah. it's it's doing a good job of showing like the slow, grueling. Like, okay, we gotta wait. Here's step one. Here's step two. But hey, you can have some fun in there too. Like you gotta enjoy driving the tractor. Otherwise, what's the point of living? And then they go back to the Bing. They have a couple drinks. Um... Let me see. What He's in they? a VA hospital now, they say, about the guy who owns the farm. Ah, okay. I don't know what that is, but he's obviously not there. I think that's like a veteran's hospital. Okay, cool. He's having prostate surgery, they say. Okay, okay. I just wanted to clear that up because clearly no one can be there when they're doing this. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, well, and Tony's kind of giving him, he's ta- like he's using the tractor thing as like talking about drugs to him, right? Like, see, this is what, this, what these drugs do to you. You know, they mess you, they mess your head up or whatever. Yeah, uh, hand-eye coordination. Though he probably just couldn't drive a tractor, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> although, and then I guess it's what back at the bing, back at the Bing when uh, Tony says it's like it's really haunting, and it's such a great delivery by Gandolfini, where he's like, "Here's how I see it. You're the only one that knows about it," uh, and it's kind of like you know, when I just kill you too, motherfucker, like <laughs> you know, you junky piece of shit. Oh. Yeah, I didn't actually uh, pick up on that uh, little threat there, but I guess it's, is that when he responds like, it's like you said, guy was a piece of shit or whatever, right? I mean, that's when he says, that's when he like goes all in with the lie, right? Yeah, and he says, yeah, we were right to disappear him. That's when when Christopher says, because I think just Chris just says like, if people find out, like people think they're not safe. Uh, and then Tony says, you know, you're the only one that knows about it. And then he says, well, you know, we were right, right. to disappear him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, but, and then, yeah, he says for the business, you, we were right to disappear him. And they, they both have a shower, I guess in at different times or right. It's same shower yeah. <laughs> or no, they have multiple showers. It's yeah, it's club. the bang. I imagine one. they get a few, maybe even some that are, uh, used to pay for to watch girls shower or something or other. I don't think anyone's watching them though. Oh. Uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> then we have so uh, we as, have a <laughs> yeah as we mentioned just Junior going next door asking for ice cream and then he gets bring, brought yeah. back over by his nurse. Uh, and I would have thought it was fake except there's this reaction on him at the end of like huh what just happened which is clearly not for show which shows that at least there's something there so I think it is at least the way it's played in the episode it's meant to be like a real thing that he goes over and does that but to me it almost feels like one of those ridiculous examples that he like oh he's getting the newspaper and then he goes over and asks for ice cream it's such an exaggerated version like it seems like something he would do to fuck with people but then he afterwards he's like what just happened well yeah because even they're in the house and that registered nurse we know is in on it. Like she, like Tony mentioned yeah. that she was brought in 
through Svetlana and they knew that she would kind of go along with it. So he doesn't need to still be pretending. So I, I, I agree completely. Like this is kind of the little hint of like, oh, oh no, is it actually really happening here? Yes. And finally, then we have Tony waking up in a Bada Bing t-shirt, XXL. Um, <laughs> and he's going around here shouting for Christopher. And I, I do love this scene because... Uh, well, obviously, he sees the picture as well, um, so to bring back some memories there. But I love this scene because this whole sequence from Ralphie dying, it's been such a contained thing. It's been this, like, this is this is our little secret. And after this ends, it's implied we're never going to talk about this again, and it's going to be a thing. And he goes around, like, calling out for Christopher. He's still in this moment where Christopher feels like he got out of there as soon as he could. But... It's the dim light here of the closed down shop and, and him wandering around. He's still fumbling through this this world where he killed Ralphie and disposed of his body. And then he goes outside. We get overexposed and it's a great way of like cutting off that whole sequence. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, um, and, it, and it's also kind of like yet another, even though I don't blame Chris for not being there, but it's kind of just symbolic of like, Chris yeah. is not there. Like he's not there yeah. for you, Tony, like the way you think. Uh, and I guess you're starting to realize that. Uh, but you know, let's wake up. Uh, let me, let me go real quick. We got a, we got an email from Spencer. Uh, hey dudes, great job on the show as always. It's definitely the top among the three Sopranos podcasts and my favorite TV slash film podcast. Well, I thank you. Yeah. Uh, since this classic episode's coming up, I wanted to send you the post. I posted a while back on Reddit um, he deleted his Reddit account because he's spending too much time posting about the Sopranos. <laughs> Sorry, uh, <laughs> dude. We're bringing you back into it. <laughs> uh, stoked for seasons five and six A and six B. Um, so I finished watching the episode and I noticed that Piomai's death mirrors Ralphie's death. Uh, the use of chains, the construction vehicle that drags Piomai away from the stable and the construction vehicle that Tony drives around to bury Ralphie. Uh, Tony tells Christopher that he came over and Ralphie was barely alive. Quote, an ambulance wouldn't have helped him anyway. Just like how Piamai was alive but badly burned and had to be put down. Uh, My new theory is that Ralphie did burn down the stable because Tony's murder of Ralphie, the uh, subsequent denial, and the way he covers it up, fill in the ambiguous blanks left by Ralphie. If the deaths of uh, Piamai and Ralphie were mirrored, then maybe it means that Piomai's death was intentional because Ralphie's death was intentional. Uh, some other interesting quotes that might be of interest. Quote, take these, uh, take these out back later and burn them. Tony referring to their clothes. Tony tells Christopher, and we got enough light shining on shit already. Uh, I did. I stole this from him, actually. I mentioned that earlier. The official cause of fire was attributed to a light bulb malfunction. Uh, furthermore, Piomai had to be, quote, destroyed, uh, not euthanized or put down, but destroyed. Ralphie, Ralphie's body is dismembered by Tony and Christopher. Uh, yeah. There's also a connection to university right at the end when Tony's looking for Christopher at the B, at the Bing. It shows two empty spotlights. It looks just like the intro to university when Tracy's dancing. Uh, Tracy was deliberately killed by Ralphie, and Tracy's tied symbolically to Piamai. Uh, more evidence that the fire was deliberate. Uh, of course, there's no 100% answer in the episode, but it seems a lot more convincing than I previously thought. I didn't notice any of this stuff until like my ninth rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And the, the too long, didn't read version. The deaths of Ralph and Piomai are use some identical symbols. Ralphie was murdered, so Piomai was murdered. Um, I realize the episode title clearly refers to both Ralphie and Piomai, the title being whoever did this. But I think it goes further with the visual symbolism and dialogue, tying them together every step of the way. What do you make of this, Jim? No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and I think we we're kind of hitting on a lot of the same things. Um and yeah, to uh, to Jacob's point, though, it is great that they like it's clear, but it's great that they leave it there. Like you said, it, it it's better to have Tony just kind of go off uh, in in Ralph's kitchen and just beat him to death rather than having a moment where Tony finds like, you know, the smoking gun or whatever. And we know that that it's for sure. And that's why Tony's going off. Because even though we're pretty much there with him, it is uh, it's it's more interesting to kind of speculate and just even the 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 fact that the character Tony Soprano had like fifty percent of the information and just had just enough to be sure that he was just going to attack him and then eventually murder him and kind of not feel bad about it. Yes, and I I def I I do agree with this email. I think I also do feel though that it could be. Like, those could be connected visually more because Piomai died and that led to Ralphie dying rather than, yeah. you know, Piomai, like, Ralphie was killed intentionally, so Piomai must have been. At the same time, I do think that Piomai was killed intentionally by Ralphie, so I do agree on that point as well. Uh, and there's a lot of interesting parallels there as well about the ambulance, you know, wouldn't have helped him anyway. I had to be destroyed. All that stuff is is really good. Good parallels they're getting in there. Jim, before we forget, though, yes. you know what we got to do. What's that? Oh, my God. Yes. How how can we? Yeah. Well, actually, here's the question. Now, there's an obvious. Yeah. Obviously, Ralphie is going up on the board. Does Piomai go up on the board? Yes. I was going to ask you the same thing, okay. and then I was going to answer the question. Yes, I don't care. Piomai goes up on the board. If you want to fight about it, tweet me, Jake <laughs> at Jacob Burrows. Piomai's going up on the board. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, shit, I, I did get so caught up in discussing this that I did almost forget the death counter, but we need to throw two big ones up on the death counter. Here's one Hell for you, yeah. Piomai. Is it playing? No. Where's my sounds? <laughs> nope. Where's my sounds? Nope. I guess God. it didn't count. Up <laughs> oh, there. What? 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 Oh. This is a disgrace to her, her memory. Right, there we go. Apologies. All right. Jesus. All right. And then okay. one for you, Ralphie. Yeah. My fucking soundboard's all fucked up. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That so works. Now, so we're, for everyone counting at home, we're at 36 deaths now. Uh, we're still at 12 walkouts there. Um, so deaths are ahead. And uh, the walkouts are not gaining <laughs> now i can only assume that that got some malanga it's some sort of egg dish that i'm gonna find out about because <laughs> that's like they're shoving eggs down someone's throat and you're there going like there will be more eggs coming up and then literally they're murdering someone with eggs so i'm like yeah i guess they're symbolic because uh they did choke him with eggs <laughs> oh man have you seen this show before oh geez we'll see <laughs> Okay. I mean that's 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 this episode. What a great episode. I I I do understand. I feel like this is one of those episodes where now I've seen more of the Sopranos because I know the arc of Ralphie, you know, if that makes sense. Uh because before I was so in it, like last week Ralphie could have 
been in it till the last season. He could have been the one to kill Tony, you know, based on everything going on. Uh, and and now that chapter is closed. And I'm sad about it, kind of, but I'm also excited because this means that things are going to change, I think, rapidly. And I also like the development with Christopher, all that stuff. Um, and in general, it's just such a brilliantly put together episode. Like I said, it's really dense, got a lot going for it, and it all unfolds, I think, flawlessly. Even the stuff with Junior, which feels disconnected, it all just adds to it, and none of it feels rushed. The pacing's great. It's put together great. So uh, I'm, I, it's like the whole season makes more sense to me now, and yeah. the whole structure they've been going for makes more sense, having seen this. Because I'm going episode by episode, so it's like, eh, here's another scene where they're doing this. And mm. now this is not just a payoff of Ralphie. It's a payoff of how they've decided to lay out the past two seasons. So I really enjoyed it. And it's such an interesting placement because it's episode nine. So it's not like yeah. a finale or even kind of the big blow off episode before the finale. And then the finale deals with like the uh, outcome of that. Uh, there's still four episodes left in the season. So, yeah, uh, yeah, a really, really smart, like cool way to do it that keeps the audience on their toes and, you know, uh, begging for more. So that's us. That is us. Well, I I don't think there's much else to say, Jim, uh, except one thing. Yeah, what's uh, that? Check out showswhatyouknow.com yeah. and awesomepedia.org and, of course, uh, jimandthem.com and also Cut to Black.